0: Let's go to Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11. And I'm going to read from verse 19 and down to 30. Hallelujah. So then those who were scattered because of the persecution that occurred in connection with Stephen made their way to Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the words to no one except to Jews alone. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Corinth, who came to Antioch and began speaking to the Greek also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and in large numbers a large number of believed, turned to the Lord. The news about them reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas off to Antioch. Then when he arrived and witnessed the grace of God, he rejoiced and began to encourage them all with, with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And considerable numbers were brought to the Lord. And he left for Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for um, an entire year, they met with the church and taught considerable numbers. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Now at this time some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them named Agabus stood up and began to indicate by the Spirit that there would certainly be a great famine all over the world. And this took place in the reign of Claudius and in the proportion that any of the disciples had means each of them determined to send a contribution for the relief of the brethren living in Judea. And this they did, sending it in charge of Barnabas and Saul to the elders. Praise the Lord. Now we see here a very important section. We can see actually the first Christian church life, what was going on, in the church. I know in these days everybody who is a preacher thinks about now how was the early church going, how were they doing things, and what was going on there, and we know from Acts chapter 2 what they mainly did, it was they were teaching the teachings of the apostles, which were the teachings of Jesus Christ. And they were together, had communion, breaking the bread, and they came together for prayer, and so on, and fellowship. Hallelujah. Now we see here also a wonderful uh, development of a church. And uh, three things I want to mention very clearly. And that's the first thing. Antioch became the new mission center. Before it was Jerusalem. Now all of a sudden, it shifted to Antioch. There was spiritual life. And from there, many, many went out and preached. And Paul himself and Barnabas, they were sent out by the Spirit of God to go and preach the word amongst all the other nations. There was a, some wonderful thing. And we see here combined ministry. There were two teachers, especially here in Antioch. It was the teacher Barnabas, and the teacher, Saul, or later on Paul, called. And also there was prophetic ministry in the church too. Prophetic ministry belongs also into the church. Now let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word and I pray, Lord, this, this morning. You will bless your word, Lord. I thank you that we can see what you did in the early days in the church, Lord. You are alive, Lord, and these churches were alive also through the Spirit of God and through faith in You, Lord. Hallelujah. And I pray, Lord Jesus, as I preach this word, give grace to speak Your Word, give grace to listen to Your Word, and also I pray, give grace to act upon Your Word in the precious and wonderful and glorious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now the persecution the church was in continued and through the persecution many, many were spread around. They fled Jerusalem and Judea and wherever they got, they started preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. And that's why you don't need to be a pastor. You don't need to be an evangelist according to Ephesians chapter 4 and 11. Just a born again Christian and you can preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and tell people what Jesus and who Jesus is. Now we see God used something the devil wanted to have for bad. What he thought for bad. He scattered all the people but what God did God moved by His Spirit. Hallelujah. Now the church history minted a saying, and that's important to understand. The blood of the martyr became what? The seed of the church. The more martyrs were in the early church, they better grow and the faster the church grew because they saw what all these martyrs went through and they stood for Jesus Christ, and on their lips was still a praise for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Referring to the European uh, situation, we all have heard of John Hus, or Hus you call it. When he was burned on the stakes, he made a prophecy, and this prophecy came to pass, and this prophecy was this, Now you are grilling just a little goose. But in 100 years, there will be a swan singing and he will be heard. And he prophesied of Dr. Martin Luther. He came and he preached the gospel and reformed everything. Hallelujah. And we have in Germany, because of Dr. Martin Luther, a decent German language. Did you know that? He not only translated the Bible, but he created also the German language. That's very interesting. interesting Because Germany had all the different dialects. And um, through the Bible, the, uh, the Germans got a new language. Hallelujah. It's interesting to know. Interesting to know. What an influence men of God have in a nation when they work and live for the Lord. And also England, you know that? Through the ministry of Charles Wesley and John Wesley. England was built together and England was prevented from any revolution as the French had it. They killed each other in France. But England didn't have it because the preaching of the gospel, hallelujah, was so eminent, and prevented all these things. And that's why England became one of the greatest suppliers of miseries in all the world. Of course, America later on too. But in the time when England was strong and all these evangelists were there, and preachers and teachers in England, they all spread the gospel and it's interesting. A few years ago, I was invited to a church somewhere. Uh, what is it called a little bit of city. There, uh, it's called. Um, I don't know. There's a church, and the pastor told us when uh, our dear brother from Queensland. Paul Morris, Paul, uh, Philip Powell, yes. He had contact to this pastor there. And we went there and he told us, in this church, there was a pastor, a missionary from England and he preached there. And it was the China Inland Mission. Hudson, Taylor, You have heard of him, yes? And he said, he came from China, visited that church then there. It's an Anglican church, I believe. And he was preaching there. There was the influence of the gospel of God through all these men of God in England. Hallelujah. Almost every nation had their share of men of God who preached the gospel. We had it in Germany. The English had it in England. And the Americans had it too. By men like Jonathan. He was there. Pardon? What was it? Edwards. Jonathan Edwards. Yes, I have forgot his name. Yes, he preached there. And a great revival was there. Now we see here a move of God. Those who were scattered came together. And he preached wherever they were the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we read in verse 11, And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a large number who believed turned to the Lord. Hallelujah. Now what was the secret that many, many turned to the Lord? It was the secret the hand of the Lord was upon all these simple disciples of Jesus Christ. They understood the gospel and they were preaching wherever they went. And we read also about the apostles when they were sent by the Lord in Mark 16, verse 20. And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by the signs that followed. And we see a um, It was the power of God. The hand of God was upon these people. And it's important, whenever God lays the hand of people and people go forth in the name of Jesus, something wonderful will happen. Hallelujah. Now, they spread the news everywhere, where they were. Now, in uh, Antioch, there was a little church founded, and many came to the Lord, as you read later on. And we see here, this news spread even to Jerusalem. And when the apostles or the elders, it's being called, when they heard in Jerusalem what happened in Antioch, they sent somebody over to Antioch. And who was it? Barnabas. And we all know what Barnabas means. Anybody knows it? Son of Comfort. Somehow God gave him the gift and wherever he was, he was comforting the church and building up the church. And that's so wonderful. We see here, they sent him when he got there, then he was rejoicing. Many people got saved and they received the Lord Jesus Christ. Now they didn't send Peter and John as they did formerly when Philip was preaching in Samaria. They sent Peter and John to Samaria and we can read it uh, very clearly in Acts 8. We can read, Now when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent him Peter and John who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. What was it? They were believing in Jesus Christ, their lives was changed, and yet there was still something important for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit as the apostle received the Holy Spirit on the first day of Pentecost, as we read in Acts chapter two it was wonderful now Barnabas, he must have matured in a way perhaps to an apostle and He never speaks about himself as an apostle. But he has been matured and he was sent, go there and strengthen these people and have a look what is going on there in Antioch. And the Bible says, Barnabas, he was a good man. Now what gave him this good reputation? And it's good if we have as Christians a good reputation. There are a few things we can see in his life. First of all, he was full of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. He was full of the Holy Spirit. And that's so wonderful. We can see what he did. And he went there and encouraged the people. And he resolutely encouraged them to remain true, to the faith in Jesus Christ. When we have received Jesus, there's one thing important, that we cling to Jesus more and more. More and more. And don't fear anything. If you serve Jesus, if you love the Lord, the Lord will keep you through. Hallelujah. Now we see also here, that they preach Jesus and the Holy Spirit in Him permeated out of Him and the nature of Christ. One thing is important we must understand. How can we grow in Jesus? The Holy Spirit is is He who forms the new creature of Christ in us. And we read in Luke chapter 1, verse 35. You know the story when Mary asked, how could it be? How should it be? Because I'm a virgin. And the angel told her. And that's the secret. The angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for this reason, the Holy Child shall be called, what? The Son of God. It was the working of the Holy Spirit. And as the Holy Spirit worked in Mary, the life of Jesus Christ, that the child of the Son of God could be born. So, even also, the Spirit of God creates within us the nature of Jesus Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. That's why it's so important to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, he was also full of faith. He was a soul winner. And may we all become soul winners. Soul winning or winning souls is so important. And we see here that many, many believed in Jesus Christ and put their faith in the Lord. He was concerned also, and that's a character of a good man of God. He was concerned about Saul because he didn't see Saul on the scene here in Antioch. He met Saul in Jerusalem. But then we know the apostles sent Saul to Caesarea and then off to Tarsus. And he was looking for him. He didn't see him because he was longing for him. I need Saul. And that's the character of every, every man of God or child of God. He was missing a man and he was considering where is Saul. And he traveled all the way up to Tarsus. And when he came there and found him, he brought him down. And that's important. And now we see something wonderful developed a ministry of teaching, a combined ministry with Barnabas <laughs> and Saul. He valued Saul so much because he you know he is a, a potential teacher with a very good education. Theologically, he was sitting at the feet of a uh, great teacher, Gamaliel, in Israel. And he needed him. And we see when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for an entire year, they met with the church and taught considerable numbers. And the disciples were first called what? What were they called? Christians. And that's very important. I want to speak a little bit about that. How many Christians do we have here this morning? I'm a Christian, hallelujah. Anybody else? Hallelujah. Now we must understand what it was to be called a Christian. Now, under such a teaching of Barnabas and Saul, later on called Paul, no wonder that they grew into a likeness of Jesus Christ. It was solid teaching. Imagine every day coming together with the church and they were teaching. And the Greek word Christonus says, they were Christians. And we see further on here, this was a very well-known uh, name for the Christians. Even Peter, in his letter, he writes in 1 Peter 4:16. but if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be what? He is not to be ashamed. Why not? If anyone is suffering as a Christian, He is not to be ashamed. And the Bible Peter says further on, but he is to glorify God in his name. The name Christian was also a name that was hated in the early days of the church. Now these people in Antioch were called Christian. And nowadays, many people call themselves, I am a Christian. Are you a Christian? When we would live in the time then the apostles lived, and uh, we would live the way we live nowadays, and we would say, I am a Christian, there was a very, very hard time. Because Christians were always Blamed by any great accident in the nation. For the burning of Rome, the Christians were blamed. And when anything happened, something like that, and it's also clear that they really were hating the Christians. And the cry went out very clearly. The mob at a public disaster, they cried out, Christiano at leomen. That means, Christians before the lions, threw them to the lions, that was to be called a Christian then. That meant, if anything happening, the Christians were blamed, although they didn't do anything. And that's what clearly Tertullian wrote, he was born in 150 A.D. And he said very clearly, when anything happening, Christians were blamed. So being a Christian in those days meant also to be ready to be killed or thrown before the lions. Now this church also had a prophetic ministries, And it's interesting, in the church was the church here in in, uh, Antioch, there came some prophets down from Jerusalem. And we read it clearly. They came and also one by the name of Agabus. Now all these ministries are important and perhaps Pastor Gary might preach about it when he continues in uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Or have you preached already before? Then, then you might have preached very clearly on this. And he gave some as apostles and the, these ministries, apostles, teachers, and as they are being named here. And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teaching for the equipping of the saints for the work of service To the building up of the body of Christ. These ministries are ministries giving to the church, ministerial gifts, we call them. And so came a prophet down. Agabus, he came down to this church and he indicated and he prophesied that there will be a great famine coming all that they had to endure, all the hatred of the unbelievers, of the Romans and whatever. Then came here this announcement, there will be a great famine. What would be our uh, reaction of that? Now the Lord uses prophets in order to indicate his church or his people what is going on. Amos chapter 3 7 it says, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret counsel to his servants, the prophets. Prophets hearing from God and receiving the secret counsel of God. And that was here in the New Testament as well. Agabus, he received from the Lord, said, there will be a great famine coming. And it was not just a, prophets, a prophecy, as many, many perhaps nowadays so-called private prophecies. You know, people run around and say, I've got a prophecy for you. I've got something for you. I've a prophecy for you. No, no, no. There was something in the context of the church. They were all together. And Agabus stood up and says, Through the Spirit of God, there is a famine going to come. And interesting, Luke, who wrote this report, he quoted also that this happened in the reign of Claudius. It happened then. Prophecies came to pass, and it was not a kind of, perhaps some people see it as a fortune teller. No, no. It was a prophecy. And the whole church did something about it. What did they do? They all said, we want to do something in my words. And they made a contribution for the saints in Jerusalem. And they sent out Paul or Saul, Barnabas, and they gave it to them. We see a church in action. Hallelujah. We see these people who were then called, these uh, Christians, had it not easy. And the way they were called Christians was because they spoke about Jesus Christ. I'm going to refer back into into the 70s. Anybody remembers the 70s? Yeah? Yes. Have you ever heard about the Jesus people? Yes? Who is a Jesus person? I belong to the Jesus people. Anybody here too? Now, you know what happened to them? These were actually ex drug addicts in California and they lived as they wanted, you know? There were hippies, and the hippies, you know, perhaps better than the Jesus people. I was in America in 72, and I saw the Jesus people. I was preaching in Milwaukee in the church, and after the church, a brother took me and said, come on, I'm going to show you what God is doing. And he took me to any little place in Milwaukee, and there was a little uh, room, perhaps not as big as this, half the size or smaller. And there on the platform were some young people. They were singing all the wonderful choruses. And I remember Jude, I remember that one, he has a uh, saxophone like you, a tenor, and they were singing and it wasn't loud enough to put the microphone into the mouth of the saxophone. And they were singing, and then preaching the gospel. And I went to a next room, a little room, and I heard young people praying and crying to God. Praying for those who were drug addicts, that they might be set free, worshipping God. It was wonderful. Hallelujah. I rejoiced in the Lord. And these young people We're doing great work in the cities of the states. And Chuck Smith was the one who baptized the first Jesus people. And when you go to Anaheim in California, as I was there, there were thousands and thousands of young people in the church on Sunday morning. Hungry, after the word of God. They were fed up with all the philosophies of drugs and stuff like that. They were burning for Jesus. Hallelujah. So were these Christians burning for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you a Christian? Are you a Christian Are you burning for Jesus? Is your heart full with Jesus and full of the Holy Spirit? May God bless us. Father, I thank you that also this morning, Father, you know our hearts. And I thank you, Lord, that you will make us witnesses for you wherever we go, Lord, that we might be able to spread the good news. I thank you, Lord, I thank you for everyone here this morning and your spirit, Lord, will give us the power to be, Lord, witnesses for you wherever you place us, Lord. Wherever we go, that we might speak of you. Jesus, thank you. Hallelujah. Amen.